0: Good. Hi, everybody. Hi. Wonderful to see you. I saw Tim using this podium last, was it last week? And I was inspired. I need that, I thought. That was so wise. I got a lot of stuff here, so uh, bring out the podium. And the handkerchief. Oh, boy. Sorry. I swear I did prepare for this. This is going to be awesome. Got my handkerchief because I couldn't find the tissues. So uh, I'm going to share my story today, hence the tissues. We are uh, in a series that we're going to be continuing. Push on on this. Against all hope. This is uh, a phrase that comes from Romans 4. Abraham was given a promise from the Lord that did not seem possible. The facts of his own life, his own age, uh, spoke that the promise of God would not be possible. It was very unrealistic to think that a man and a woman nearing 100 years old could give birth to a son. And so Adam led us in this series to... Um, call us to hope again, to look at the places of disappointment and missed expectation in our life and to open up a crack, to give the Lord a crack in our own hearts to hope. Laura then followed with a beautiful and vulnerable message of her own loss, her own missed expectation in losing her mother and uh, unto finding out the beautiful revelation that maybe the answers that she was looking for in that experience weren't going to be given to her the way that she thought they were, but the answer was a man, Jesus Christ. And he took her hand and he walked her into uh, hope again, into putting her trust in him. Joe came and he shared about the uh, slope The D-slope, we've been calling it, of disappointment and despair and discouragement and disillusionment and the lights go out and you lose your heart, death of the Spirit. But that doesn't have to be the way when our expectations are missed. We can go to the Scripture, we can reflect uh, with our community, and there's a way back to hope to keep our hearts engaged in the process with the Lord. That was a powerful message. I encourage you guys to listen to it. Adam came again and spoke on the uh, Emmaus Road. It's Easter today, and uh, uh, we're celebrating the resurrection. And here are these guys on the road to Emmaus, and the resurrection had taken place. And they're walking and saying, We had hoped, we had hoped, we had hoped. They just didn't know. Their eyes hadn't been opened to the revelation that everything they hoped for had been fulfilled in a man. And they had to wait for this moment while they're taking communion communion with Jesus that he would open their eyes and all of their hopes were fulfilled. Tim gave us an opportunity to connect with his own story, his own expectations that were missed in the church. He had placed hope in people and in a ministry. And when we place our hope in things outside of the Lord, our hearts are never satisfied. So he called us to forgiveness and to repentance. That we would uh, believe again that the church, the people of God, could be a healing place, a community where we work together and we look to Jesus together in hope. I loved that. Thank you. The, this uh, series, I've given you kind of the rundown of week by week, but I just want to um, welcome you into the behind the scenes of what we've been sensing with the Lord week by week. In January... Um, We felt like the Father was speaking to us and has been speaking to us about a fruitful church, about a people of God that reaches out to the city of um, salvation and of healings. And yet we weren't seeing the things that we were longing for. And we asked the Lord, what is going on? And Julie had this word that there was an obstacle in our own hearts. And the name of that obstacle was Disappointment which is how we've landed here today. So I just want to give you a little context that if there's an obstacle in your life, if there's something that you're dreaming for, longing for, and there's there's a place where you hit a wall over and over and over again, perhaps there's a missed expectation or a disappointment that stands in the way. So I am believing today that the Lord wants to speak to those areas of our hearts, that He's going to do a beautiful work in us. Amen? The hope in the resurrection, Easter. Woo! Hallelujah. On Friday, we came together and our first uh, uh, Good Friday service. Thank you guys so much for coming out. What a beautiful time to reflect on the cross, to look at Jesus and recognize that we identify with his death. That as he died, so I have died in him. My old sin nature put on the cross, forgiven and freed from every guilt and every shame. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And on Sunday, today, we celebrate he rose. He rose from the dead, the greatest of miracles. Didn't see it coming. That's not how we thought he was going to raise. That's not how we thought he was going to reign and rule. We thought he didn't have to die. But he put death in its place and he overcame. But I've been meditating on the Saturday in between. And in many ways, I'm aware that we as a people of God living in great expectation for the return of the Lord for the kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven in many ways we are a saturday people we can identify with the uh, disciples we can identify with mary we know grief we know loss we know misexpectations But we have something the disciples didn't have. We have the spirit of the resurrection living inside of us. We have eyes to see beyond the grief, beyond the grave, beyond the cross, into the resurrection. We don't have to be the people shut up in uh, our rooms as the disciples were, hopeless. Who are we now? What does this mean for us? No, we get to be the people on Saturday that just say, wait, wait, he's coming. Heaven is coming to earth. We speak to sickness. He's coming. He's healing. We speak to injustice. He's coming. He's making all things right. We as a people get to be the proclaimers of what is already finished. Today, I have three things on my heart. Freedom, courage, and confidence. These are all things that come from the resurrection. When we know the truth that he has risen from the grave, we are released in freedom. Freedom. We have courage to face suffering, and we have confidence to believe in the unseen things. So, I want to prepare you. Uh, I'm going to welcome the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take a minute just to pause and to pray again. And uh, I want to permission you today that this would be a space of encounter for you. This is about our hearts. This is about you connecting with the Lord. Can you guys all, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Good. Okay, you can sit back down. I just needed to know that everybody was capable of standing up. So we're going to have a few times, sorry that was troublesome, you had to move coats, I apologize. I just needed to know because there's going to be a couple opportunities where I'm going to call if something's stirring in your heart. Please stand because we want to pray for you. We want to engage. And there's no shame. This is a safe place. We're a family. I just want you to receive all that the Lord has for you today. So there's no fear in standing, right? And receiving deeply. So my Saturday story, my story of waiting and hoping and my missed expectations. Many of you know already, I uh, have a son, had a son. For those of you who are new or um, have uh, uh, just visiting today for the first time, I welcome you into my heart, into my story, and a vulnerable place for me. So I gave birth, I've got a toddler named Ellie, and I've got a son named Benjamin, and Benjamin's no longer with us. I'm going to share a story of my loss and my grief and my hope in the resurrection. And I do just want to give a little preface today. We are aware as we are praying before today that many women, one in four, have lost a child, whether it's been through miscarriage or through stillbirth. I want to speak peace to your hearts right now. I see you and I bless you and I pray grace for you today. You probably didn't know that this was going to be the Easter topic, so grace to you, okay? Just had to get that out of the way. Benjamin was born in June of last year. It was a perfectly healthy pregnancy. One day I felt his movements change, and so we went into the hospital and uh, uh, delivered via emergency C-section, and there was a beautiful baby boy, 36 weeks, tiny little guy with no brain activity, with no ability to breathe on his own, to open his eyes, to move. He was a uh, perfectly little, although in a lot of ways, sleeping son. He uh, was with us for eight days, and Throughout those days, um, Jason and I prayed for a miracle. And we invited you guys to pray with us. And you stood with us in that place of hope that he can be healed, that Jesus can do anything. And we trusted and we believed for full healing for our little guy. And uh, on uh, day five, we said, okay, we've got to put some... uh, action to our hope in jesus uh the doctors felt like it was right we felt like it was right to take him off uh the breathing apparatus and to allow him to breathe on his own this was going to be our miracle day waiting hoping trusting and we said okay it's going to go two ways Either he's going to breathe for the first time, miracle of Jesus, thank you, Abba, or he's not. And we get to witness the miracle of the resurrection, that he will be absent from the body and present with the Lord in a moment. But either way, it's a miracle. So we got to that day, and before uh, we took out those tubes, I had a moment, Jason and I both where we leaned over his crib and I just wanted him to know that there was nothing to fear. I wanted him to know the gospel. I wanted him to hear my heart, the mama's heart that says, you don't have to be afraid. So I spoke to him and Jason spoke to him and we took turns and we said, okay, this is what's going to happen, buddy. We're going to take out your tubes, and if you're strong and if you're feeling up for it, we want to be with you. We're going to hold you. You don't have to be afraid. We bless your lungs now to be filled with the capacity to be able to breathe on your own. But we said, if, if it's too much, there's no pressure. We're not putting any pressure on you. We release you to the Father. I'm not asking you to do anything you can't do. No, that you were never ours, you were only ever the Father's, and so we give you back to him. If it's too hard, we understand. And so I told him, and Jason and I took turns, we told him the gospel, in the simplest way that his uh, five-day-old spirit, we're just trusting that the words are going into his spirit, and we're saying, okay, this is what's gonna happen. I have never, I don't know, I was just guessing. I mean, I got the scripture, so I'm you know, going off of that. There's gonna be a man, and he's dressed in white, and he loves you. I love him. He loves me. We trust him with our whole heart. He's gonna open his arms to you. This is Jesus, Benjamin. He's gonna receive you into his arms. He's gonna wrap you up, and you're gonna feel healing in a way you've never felt. You're gonna feel love in a way you never knew possible. You're gonna know that you were made for this love. There's going to be songs being sung in heaven, worship that is coming from the throne, and lights like you've never seen. I was preparing him for what he was going to face, potentially. There's no fear, Benjamin. There's no fear. This is what we told him. As I share that simple gospel, I wonder if for some of you, maybe you haven't heard it put that simply. And it really is that simple. We make it very complicated. But there is a man, Christ Jesus, who died for our sins on Friday, making us clean and pure and whole again. And on Sunday, raising from the dead that we would have eternal life with him, never to die again. If that is a message that you want to respond to today. If you see with me that Jesus with his arms outstretched that man in white and you need to be embraced afresh today, I want to welcome you. Can we just bow our heads right now? I'm just going to pray. If that's happening in your heart right now, I'm just going to bless the work. Thank you, Abba. Father, forgive us for the ways that we've made it complicated, that we've muddled the truth. I bless these ones now who need the embrace, who need the hug, who need love to sink in deep, deeper, deeper. Would you allow them now to look on you, the risen son, and know that there is no fear in death because we will be with you forever. 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 There is no separation in death. Receive now the embrace of Jesus, the man risen, died for you, raised for you. Amen. If that's something that you've done for the first time today, putting your hope and trust in him, or if it's something that you're recommitting to today, I want to And at the end, uh, just invite you up to share that with someone. We want to lay hands on you. We want to pray for you and just seal the work of the Holy Spirit and agree with what he's doing. So uh, you guys want to know what happened, huh? We took the tubes out. Benjamin breathed. He breathed. He breathed. We were so happy. Man, we were proud of our son. You did it. I mean, we were singing. You had to be in that room for two hours, and uh, nurses and doctors, and there's like eight people in this room, and we are just singing, you are a miracle-working God. You are a miracle-working God, and we just kept declaring it over him. Miracles, miracles, miracles in the name of Jesus. He breathed. But it doesn't change. The miracle is breath, and the miracle is eternal life. And three days later, I just realized while I was preparing for this message, he breathed on a Friday, and he, my son died on a Sunday. We had three days in between of hoping and praying and longing, and on Sunday, he did go to the Father. We saw as all tension left his face, as all pain and agony. I didn't even know there was pain and agony in his cheeks and his jaw, but when he left his body, I saw all tension release, and I knew in an instant that he was with God. The peace in his body was visible. Thank you, Jesus. Death could not hold Benjamin. <laughs> Death could not hold Jesus. Death could not hold Benjamin. Death cannot hold you or I. Because that is the miracle of Sunday. And we hope and we pray and we long that sickness would be eradicated here on earth for heaven to come And when it doesn't happen, all we have to do is look a little further, a little further. What is our time here on earth? It all gets swallowed up in eternity. I prayed for him to be healed, whether it was three days or 60 years or 80 years that he would have been here on earth. He had eight days, not 80 years as we would hope. But it was swallowed up in an instant, and he was alive forever. Jason and I had the opportunity To give birth to an eternal soul who right now worships the same God that we worship today. Benjamin is in heaven worshiping. This was my hope. This is my belief. This is what I trust in. This is how we live. God raised him from the dead, releasing him from the agony of death because it was impossible, impossible for him to be held in its clutches. It's impossible. It's just, it can't work. Jesus cannot be held in the clutches of death. It's who he is. He's life. It's who he is. It's who you are. You now, we now identify with the resurrection of Jesus. You cannot be held in the clutches of death. There is no death that can keep you down. And not only death, the fear of death cannot take hold of you. Sickness, I'm telling you, every sin that has been um, stuck in your mind, the clutches of death I've been thinking uh, thinking of it as like the offspring of death. Like death gives birth to all of these nasty, yucky things. Shame and fear and hopelessness. It gives birth to suicidal thoughts. It gives birth to the uncomfortable things we don't like to talk about. Wanting to hurt ourselves and hurt others. Wondering what is the purpose. Death gives birth to these things. This is not of you. Okay? If there's anyone in here wasn't planning on saying this, but if there's anyone in here who is struggling with suicidal thoughts, I just want to take a moment to say this is not of you. There is no shame. Potentially you had a thought that opened a door, but I want to close that door with you today and say death has no hold on you. Death has no hold on you. Separation, which took place in the garden, is a form of death. When we ate of the tree, God said that we would now be separated. We had to uh, leave the garden, and for ages and ages, sacrifice had to be made in order for uh, separation to be closed, the gap to be closed. Now we have the final sacrifice, and that gap is closed forever, and there is no more separation. Separation. So in death being swallowed up, separation has been swallowed up, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. And our emotions can tell us otherwise, but I bless you today to know the truth in your spirit, regardless of what your emotions are telling you, that he is with you in the pain, that he will never leave you. I want to, this first call... Invite, we'll do it in a moment here, and we'll let you know what I'm thinking first. Um, Anyone who feels like the clutches of death have you. This can, uh, um, I'm primarily thinking a thought, like if there's a thought pattern in your life that can't let go of you. It could be other things, take liberty with that Holy Spirit. But is there shame that cannot, uh, it just keeps sticking This is the picture I have. It just keeps sticking. Fear just keeps sticking, and you can't get rid of it. That's the clutches, okay? And it can't keep its hold on you any longer as we identify in the resurrected Jesus Christ. Is there anyone? I want to invite you to stand, and I just want to pray for you that you would receive freedom today. We're going to bless you. Anyone who identifies with clutches, things that just can't get off, Feel free to stand. We'll take a moment. Thank you, Lord. Clutches. We've all got them at different times, you know, and sometimes they're stronger than others. But this is the body of Christ that we surround our brothers and sisters and we preach the gospel again and we say, death has no hold on you. Death has no hold on you. Would you lay a hand on these ones that are nearby you? Just get a hand on the shoulder. These are our friends. These are our family. There is no shame. Beautiful grace to you. Father, we release now the grace of the Lord Jesus over these ones who identify with the clutches of death living in the Saturday reality. I pray now, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit would free these ones in the name of Jesus, releasing them from the clutches and the grips of shame, of guilt, of pain, They are holy unto you. These ones are righteous and set apart and filled with your spirit. We bless you now in the name of Jesus to experience his freedom today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys, for being vulnerable with me. We take heart, right? We take heart because he has overcome the world. We will have trouble. It's promised, it's guaranteed, but he has overcome the world. In this world, we have trouble. Thank you, Abba, for your overcoming victory for us, given freely for us. So I skipped to the end of the story, but there was little bits in between that I feel like have keys for us today. Before we took Benjamin home, because we were able to, we got to be at home with him and welcome him into the comfort of our family and have my daughter spend some time with him. But before we did that, we had a couple long nights. I said it was three days between uh, the taking out of the tubes and uh, releasing Benjamin back to the father. And uh, one key piece in there, we were in the hospital, and... uh, The Father was speaking to me in those dark hours in the night. Thank you, Jesus, for the dark hours in the night. You speak to us there. Bless you guys if there's dark hours in your night. Allow the voice of the Lord to speak to you there. He wants to speak and settle your hearts. And the Father was speaking to me, and he just said, Set your face like flint. That's all he said. Set your face like flint. And it came every half hour, every hour. I didn't sleep much that night. Set your face like flint. And I had to fill in the gaps myself, but I knew the rest of the story. Why did Jesus set his face like flint? Jesus Christ in the garden set his face like flint to the cross, to suffering. Why? For the joy that was set. For the joy that was set for the joy that was set before him. I knew that there was going to be suffering in the days to come. Things were not looking good. But the Father said, oh, excuse me. the Father said, set your face, Katie, like flint. We're, we're walking straight through this suffering because there's joy on the other side. There is joy in Jesus Christ on the other side. That my son will be raised again. It's a short time that we have to suffer here on earth, but we have the Spirit within us giving us prophetic eyes to see past the suffering and into the joy. So, this next call that I want to make is a call to courage because there are some of us in here today that need courage. We are facing suffering. And we need to know that there is eternal hope. And that's what I want to remind you of today. That through the resurrection of Jesus, that we have the hope. Whether it's here on earth that we're going to experience the joy, or whether it's down the road in heaven. Really, I'm saying this having been there, it's such a short time to suffer. It's such a short time to suffer. And I say that with the uttermost, like, uh, awareness that that is hard to hear. But we gotta get our eyes out, 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 as far out as it takes to see the hope. For I am convinced, Paul said. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no suffering that can separate us from his love. So if there is a suffering that you're facing... And you need courage today, I want to invite you to stand. If you need courage for your heart, if you need to know that He's with you and that nothing will separate you, if it feels like this circumstance that you're facing could potentially separate you from the love of God, please stand. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lay hands on these ones. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Abba. We are with you. We're standing with you. You are not alone. We see your suffering. We don't minimize it. But I want to call you today to get your eyes up into the heavenly places. Father, give him grace. Give him grace, Abba. To look to the eternal hope, the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, who walked out of that grave, out of suffering. Suffering lasts for such a short time. Would you give us the timeline of heaven, of eternity, Father? Would you allow these ones now to receive the courage that comes from our eternal hope in the risen Lord? Courage to your hearts. Nothing can separate you from the love. Of Christ Jesus. Not even you. Thank you, Abba. Let's just take a minute. Keep praying for those ones. I don't want to rush. Thank you, Jesus. Courage to these hearts, Abba. Courage to these hearts. <laughs> No more separation in love. Okay, you guys can take a seat. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Jesus. So, the, uh, (laughs) this is my favorite one. I just, I prefer, I prefer joy over despair, so I like that one my Redeemer lives. He lives. My son is alive, guys. We can mourn, but he's alive. Like, I remember that morning that I woke up, and I didn't have a son anymore, and the shock was wearing off, and I started to feel things again, and my first thought was I looked around, and I was like, he's alive. He's not dead. Like, the facts, the facts, just like Abraham had to face the facts, the facts are that I don't have a son and that he's not with us anymore. That's the facts. But the reality, the reality is that he's alive. Excuse me. Water. He's alive. Thank you, Abba. So there was a, somebody I want? Yeah, okay. Sorry. Like choking the whole time thank you so a few months um, after Benjamin passed away I was in Birmingham UK with a bunch of these guys and we were at a 24-7 gathering that's the tribe that we run with here 24-7 prayer and I was having breakfast with a new friend Lisa and uh, I w- we were swapping stories that's what we like to do tell me your story and uh, so I told her all about my toddler, and I told her all about NAVA and what we do here. And, um, and we had gotten up, we were walking to the venue, and I just felt like it wasn't right to like, tell her to leave this big part out. It was so recent. And so I just told her, you know, Lisa, I also have a son who passed away. And this was uh, about four months after the fact. Grief is so tangible still. And she stopped I so appreciate that she stopped. We were walking, and she stopped dead in her tracks, and she looked me in the eye, and she said, how are you even standing right now? And I felt the beautiful permission from her spirit to be human. How are you even standing? Some of you, like, how are you even standing right now? This is crazy what you've gone through. Your story that you've walked out, how are you even standing right now? And I don't even think we skipped a beat. Before she could hardly get the words out of her mouth, these words fell out of my mouth. The resurrection. It's the only reason I can stand. It's all I have. It's the only reason I can get up in the morning. Because my son's not dead, he's alive. Because I'm going to live forever. Because 1 Thessalonians 4 says that Jesus is returning and he's bringing back with him all those who've fallen asleep. And that we will raise the dead in Christ and we will be united. We will all live forever. This is how we stand in this day and age. There is no fear in death. So... (coughs) Really excited. Whew. You have permission to be human and you have the power to overcome. And it can be both. You have permission to be weak and to fall apart and to be a mess. We are all a beautiful mess in the body of Christ. You are welcome here to be human, to be messy to grieve and to feel and to hurt and to long and to be disappointed. But my message today is that you have the spirit to overcome. You have the spirit within you to rise out of the grave, to lift out of despair, to overcome the disappointment, to have the the grasp of death, be released from you. I bless you today, especially those of us. We go in and out of these seasons, but I just want to take a special blessing moment for those who have embraced the mess and who have been in the longing and who have uh, been in this season of despair. We've spent six weeks on it already, and we're not getting away from it too soon yet. We can't shy away from it. I want to bless you, though, if you've been in this place of despair to receive the spirit that rises from the grave and overcomes and puts its hope in something greater and eternal that will never pass away. I don't even know where I am in this PowerPoint. Okay. Oh, can I invite my friends up? I've got a few friends that are going to help me out. So... This uh, passage, I stumbled across it, and I want to read it to you today. This is that uh, grace that came from knowing the resurrection, from knowing that uh, everything that we lose will be returned to us, knowing that nothing can die forever. What is dead in Christ will be risen again. Death does not have the final word. And so we can rejoice and praise with our whole spirits and our whole hearts. So I'm going to read this verse. I invite you now to close your eyes. There is no situation, there is no circumstance, there is no suffering that is greater than the glory of God that will be revealed in us. So I want to pray now, Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see the glory of God that's going to be revealed in us. And I'm just going to give you a little tidbit. The church is going to be the most magnificent, beautiful bride in all of the earth. She's coming to bring truth and light and hope. She's coming to bring forth justice where there's not justice. She's coming to make the wrong things right through the power of Jesus Christ. This is the hope, the glorious hope that we're holding on to, which causes all circumstances to pale in comparison. You guys got, still got your eyes closed, that's good. Okay, Romans eight 18. We're just going to let this wash over us, okay? So we're not going to go quickly, just allow it to sink deeper, and each one of my friends is going to read the same verse over us, and we're just going to allow it to go deeper and deeper and deeper. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Allow the Father to go deeper into your spirit to bring up every suffering now and stand it next to the glory of the risen Lord.
1: consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us.
0: I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be
2: revealed in us.
0: 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 at the end of the chapter it says encourage one another with this meditating on heaven is not a guilty pleasure it's something the scripture tells us to encourage one another with encourage each other with this just as I told Benjamin there's a worship going all the time And the colors and the lights are going to be beautiful and your heart's going to be awakened and you're going to feel loved and you're going to know that you're never alone. Encourage one another with these words. The dead will be raised. Sickness is defeated. There will be no more tears. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more sorrow. Encourage each other with these words. We've got one more call. But I want to read to you a uh, journal entry that I wrote a week before I gave birth to Benjamin. This was June 17th. I had no idea what was coming. And I was talking to the Lord that day, and earlier in the day I was with a group of people, and they were all saying what their passions were, what they were excited about, what they What got them jazzed and made them feel alive? And so I sat down with the Lord feeling a little lost, and I was like, God, what's my passion? Like, what makes me feel alive? What am I living for? This comes out of that. He says, what's on your heart, Katie? What do you dream of? (laughs) I said, I desire, Lord, I desire that the church would be unmoved buoyant, unable to be discouraged, stable, courageous, confident, free, and unashamed. But most of all, Jesus, I desire the fullness of joy and hope in the body of Christ. This is my longing that nothing would be able to move us or shake us because we know the truth of Sunday. And even though we live in Saturday, hoping for the kingdom to be established fully on earth, we can rejoice now because we know the end of the story. We can give hope to others freely because we know the end of the story. Whoops. This, uh, this confidence thing, this word confidence, it's the confident assurance of good. It is faith. It's being able to be confident in the things we can't see. It's Abraham when he trusted God. He was fully persuaded, confident in this. That God would make true on his promises. That what he said he would do. I want to invite you all to stand now. This verse has struck me the past several weeks. This is uh, Paul speaking to the church of Philippi, and there he had some adversaries. They had some accusers, some enemies. We know what that's like. We've got accusers, we've got adversaries, we've got enemies. Sometimes they're in our head or in our heart probably more often than they are on the outside but this is true your steadfast faith in the face of opposition is a sign that they are doomed and that you have been graced with God's salvation your steadfast faith in the face of opposition is a sign that those adversaries are doomed and that you've been graced with God's salvation Hallelujah. I get to set my face like Flint and say, no, this isn't death. This is joy. This is joy. You've got it all wrong. I know what the facts say. But I know what the kingdom says. I know what the king says. This is joy. You're wrong. This isn't suffering. This is hope. So I want to pray for us that we would be so confident and steadfast in our faith that the enemy would be shaking in his boots, terrified, (laughs) because we're looking and we're saying, you've got it all wrong. You think, you think you've got him, you think you've got him on the cross, but he's risen and I know it and I live it and I proclaim it. So why don't you hold your hands out? I'm just gonna bless you. Jesus, these are my friends and our, we are co-workers together in the kingdom, so I bless each and every one of you, myself included, that we as the people of God would be confident in the things that we can't see that we would be so confident in the things that we can't see that it would be confusing to the world why we grieve the way we do, why we rejoice the way we do, why we hope the way we do. It would cause an eruption of praise in the resurrected Lord Jesus. We, as the children of resurrection, have joy that cannot be hindered. I bless you with the joy that cannot be hindered, with the love that cannot be thwarted, the freedom that cannot be tamed. I bless you with the strength that cannot be stolen in the name of Jesus the hope that cannot be done because we, the people of God, every single one of us in this room are the immovable, unshakable, unstoppable church of the risen Lord Jesus. Bless you to know it and to live it. I'm just going to wait on the Lord for a minute. We're going to go into some worship. I want to invite the rest of the band up. Worship is a place where we can proclaim freely what he's done, where our hearts and our minds and our bodies can connect as we praise him. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you. Truly, it is finished. Truly, it is finished. Now, I just, uh, again, I want to bless you with joy again. Because I love joy. So Abba, would you bring now a wave of your presence where sadness has taken hold, where grief has taken hold, where uh, we've lost our sight. Would you bless us as a people to bring joy to the lost, to bring joy to this city, to bring joy to our neighbors, to bring joy. Thank you, Abba. We have no fear in death. I'm going to head into worship. Um, I want to invite our prayer ministers up too. And we're going to make this altar a place where you can come, you can respond, you can worship, but you can also receive. If you need to share your story, if you need to confess, if you want to do business with the Lord, this is a safe place to come.
2: i uh-huh.
1: celebrating the resurrection of our brother, our Savior, our Lord. He died and came back to life that we might be fully free, walking in confidence with nothing sticking to us, free in Him. And if there's any sense at all that something is sticking where you want an impartation of faith, freedom, release from hopelessness you're invited to come to the front we'd love to pray with you just come as you're ready